A character planted in the audience that you'd never expect to be on the payroll. And when she plays her big scene, she creates more heat than you could ever imagine. Now here's the secret. She's a stunt granny. This is Jeremy. Joining me, uh, I would say as always, but it was only the second one we've done, is uh, Kevin. So, hello, Kevin. Yeah, well, always was once, and now always is twice. Yeah, so uh, this time, if you didn't read the title, we're going to cover Dank, uh, sorry, Django Unchained, which I was very happy that they addressed the name in the movie, even <laughs> if it was in a throwaway line. Um, well, I guess not so much a throwaway line, but yeah, it was no, also... Yeah, I mean, they've mentioned it a couple of times. So I wouldn't call it a throwaway line because um, <laughs> for some reason – and you sent me the uh, uh, the cast list there. That was one that for some reason I was thinking uh, Walter Goggins was the chief from Justified and not um, – what's his name? Yeah, he's Boyd. Boyd, yeah. I was like, oh – I have the names mixed up because they were talking about how, because uh, I remember Tarant- when Tarantino was on Opie and Anthony, they were talking about how uh, Kurt Russell couldn't uh, work that spot. So for some reason, I was figuring it would be someone older. So when I heard the name, I was like, oh, that's the chief. That's art. And it, no, it uh, it wasn't, which is you know not a problem either. But uh, it, it was oh. something I guess I wasn't expecting. Okay, so he that was supposed to be Kurt Russell. Yeah. Oh. All right. Well. Hmm. I I, I thought they got a pretty good guy to do it, anyways. So uh, yeah. No, he's really good. So I was like, oh, okay, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. Walton Coogan's is one of those guys I don't understand. Unless he just doesn't want to, but how he isn't a bigger star than he is. I mean, going back to the Shield, and then he's re- he was really good on the Shield. He is excellent on uh, Justified. Right. And I see him in these movies, and he's always like the same kind of like he was in Cowboys and Aliens. Uh-huh. He was the dumb, he was a dumb guy, dumb cowboy. <laughs> uh, he was in this, and he was like the racist. And I think, and then I thought that was kind of funny because that's how Boyd started out in Justified. Oh yeah, oh, not not like a full circle sort of thing, um, you know. But it it made sense to me. So, um, but yeah, I, I love our reviews. Just start in the middle of, sorry, at the end of the movie, basically. Uh, uh, yeah, no, I mean I'm an asshole for starting it at the end of the movie. So. Somewhere, because that I actually offered up. Um, one of the more uncomfortable moments of the movie. <laughs> um, there's a. They had talked about shooting or clipping the uh, Negroes, or I guess we'll get into that part, I guess later. But they talk about clipping slaves or whatever else, and obviously it's not a here. It's not an action movie without the hero going through some peril, and <laughs> the shot of. Uh, 
Jamie Foxx's hairy balls. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, I've, you've watched enough porn, you kind of see the stuff. But in a movie like this, that was a totally unexpected thing to me. Uh, yeah, no, that was. I was just like, oh my lord. Yeah, and that's what it is. Like when you're watching porn, you're like, well, I know I'm gonna see it. It's it's a Beavis and Butthead uh, argument. Is I'm, well, I'm looking around it. <laughs> like sort of thing. Well, I'm not usually looking around it. I will have to admit that. But <laughs> you know, yeah. you, you just know that it's coming. It's like you can't. Well, I mean, unless you're watching lesbian porn, which is just perfectly okay too. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you kind of expect it. I w- in no way was expecting that. Uh, no. <laughs> No, and and to make matters worse, and I, it's it was just such a weird thing. And he's talking about uh, this is Walton Coogan's who played Billy Crash, and you know Jamie Foxx's Django, and when you know the he's about to clip, and there's always spoilers in our movie reviews, so if you haven't seen it, you shouldn't be listening to this anyways. But when he uh, was about to you know do the whole castration thing, you know the last minute save, of course, well. It was that uncomfortable. He like took his fingers or something and like rolled it down his nuts onto like, his penis, and I was like, "What the fuck was that?" It was. It wasn't because I, I was trying to figure out if that was a sexual gesture or if that was him just trying to make him uncomfortable. I I couldn't. That was such a weird, weird little thing. Uh, yeah, that's one of those things that it's just. Uh, to me that's that falls under the but isn't that gay category like (laughs) like, it's just like he's one of those guys that would uh you know you'd picture him being in the ku klux klan and it's Mm -hmm. just like but you're doing something that's gay but we're doing it for the klan it's just like huh like no you're touching another guy's balls like what the fuck yeah well it's just like fraternities or yeah fraternities (laughs) yeah it's all the kind of the same thing it's like no we're macho it's just yeah. like, huh? Like, how is that macho getting gay with another guy? Like, I'm, I'm kind of lost. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess most people would say it's just a latent homosexuality coming out. And it's like, well, you know, I guess. So, all right. But yeah, dude, I that it just it wasn't. It may be uncomfortable because the entire scene was uncomfortable. I mean, <laughs> well, yeah. From the- and on top of that, just to boot, like. Because you see that the shot is from above. So, I mean, he's hanging upside down during this whole segment. <laughs> and so it was a little strange to uh, just see it from that angle, too. But, and I guess that, that was more of like a quintessential Quentin Tarantino moment. Because the movie starts off, to go back to the beginning. Um, yeah, good, the good movie, idea is absolutely beautiful. And it didn't it didn't seem like a Tarantino movie at first. Um because you know most of his are pretty small in scope. Uh, and Glorious Bastards got bigger. But, you know, Jackie Brown, Kill Bill and that, it was all studios. You know, you didn't get that huge sprawling landscape except for the desert scenes, which were in part two, I think it was. Yeah, uh, yeah. Which and those were awesome. And you I mean you got the homages to the searchers and all that in there well in this it starts off like a spaghetti western 
I mean, huge mountain ranges, long plains. I mean, it was like watching one of those. It was like watching a fistful of dollars or uh, Good, Bad, and the Ugly. Yeah, we we kind of uh, my girl and I had a good laugh because they were using the music from uh, Two Mules for Sister Sarah. And okay. we had just watched it, like, a couple of days before that. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> like, that very beginning song was, uh, they used direct from the movie. Oh, all right. <laughs> now, I don't know if it's a similar type scene, but they definitely uh, used that music. Oh, well, I guess it makes sense. Um, like if we'll get to the music aspect in a little bit, because, again... It kind of goes with the way the movie begins. The movie begins as a regular Western, you know? Um, uh, right. Then it slowly turns into a Tarantino movie. I mean, it... And I think that's why I liked it. I think that's why this... And I, I think I even texted this to you. It's his best movie. Um, From the look, the scale... I mean, you saw the previews with the uh, bloodstained cotton. Um, yeah. You had those the long shots of all of the. Would they be a lynch mob? Is that what Big Daddy's guys were? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, they weren't really go. They weren't really going to lynch anybody, so I don't know if that was appropriate. But you know, whatever. We'll go with that. <laughs> um, yeah, close enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it. He it's he seemed to go so far out of himself. With the way things looked, that I was just so I was just incredibly impressed. Uh, you know, to me, it wasn't even the look. Um, not to say that there wasn't. When the gore came, there was a boatload. Okay. But for the most part, like to me, like it just seems like Tarantino movies. There, it's kind of a little more evened out, or it's just like almost all the time. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't any of that. Well, I thought, <laughs> and I, and maybe it's just a psychological thing because I mean, if you look back on a lot of his movies, they they weren't completely crazy with uh, blood everywhere. No, only Kill Bill, and really the first one only. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with the the Yakuza, or the no the crazy eighty eights, you know, getting lopped up all over the place. <laughs> yeah, but I thought the violence in this is where it where he made sure that it was his movie. Um, I I can't remember when it was or what was going on, but uh, I'm sorry, I've, I have the sun bowl on, and there's a Georgia Tech player walking through the crowd for some reason. <laughs> so I got totally okay. You t- totally <laughs> lost on that one. Okay, I was wondering what the what, what happened there. I'm like, I, I I don't know where to pick this thought up, dude. <laughs> you're not a, you're hanging me out to dry. Yeah, I look at the. <laughs> You can at least leave me with something I can continue. Oh, all right. So anyway, so back to whatever I was doing. The violence, though, is where it, he made sure it had his stamp. Um, and this really harkened back to Kill Bill because for for all of its the name and the the purpose and the intent of Inglorious Bastards, that movie wasn't that violent. Sure, there were some violent parts. Yeah. I mean, like the the Jew bear beating the one Nazi's head with a bat. Um, you know, they they drew out the whole scarring of uh, Christoph Waltz's head. Yeah. And that's, I, I mean, I'm sure there's more, but I just can't think of it. But this one, from the very first scene, when Christoph Waltz 
uh, cocks the guy in the head with his gun, it's it's like, oh, wow, okay. <laughs> and, the, and the horse. The horse is where it started, and then <laughs> I, I guess maybe I haven't watched enough westerns in my day, but back in the old westerns, they didn't shoot the horses, did they? Uh, I don't remember. I, I definitely shoot. did not watch uh, that many westerns at all. Like that, that might have been one of the first ones. They were uh, definitely on the uh, too violent for Kevin to uh, watch list. So, which is curious now, huh? Uh, which is really funny now. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but no, I don't. I, you know, like more modern westerns. Yeah, they're capping horses all over the place. <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't think they took out animals because that was – I mean that was almost hysterical to go back to the end of the movie where like one of the first things that it says after the movie finishes, there were no horses armed in the making of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> like in giant bold print like before the cast even came up. Yeah, yeah. It, it, that's another thing I liked about the movie was the credits too, but – um but yeah, but then it came when he allowed the Heath, you know, Christoph Waltz told the slaves, you know, or you can go over there and shoot this guy in the head or whatever. And they shot him, and his head exploded like a watermelon. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, here's how it's going to happen. And every time someone gets shot in this movie, except for Christoph Waltz's uh, railgun, and, yeah. and he got shot with the shotgun, all the other violence was very over the top. Uh, yeah, it was completely ridiculous. It was like it was the less you mattered, the gorier your scene was, and I thought that was pretty cool. It was like a conscious choice. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah but, and the uh, one guy just continually getting shot again. I keep on going to the end, but yes, well, because this is built like it, it's built like a western, where it. I mean, you have your little. You know, you've got your little bits of action here and there, and then you've got your big ass battle at the end. Uh, yeah. You know, the movie's got two different places it could have ended. You know, the final ending and then the first shootout at the house. You know, he made that he clearly made a choice to keep uh, to have more to it. Right. Um, but yeah. <laughs> um, it reminded me kind of of Saving Private Ryan, where you just saw bodies just getting shot. Like pieces of meat flying up off of them. <laughs> world, it, it came with huge splatters of blood too. Um, but they're also using—they're not using bullets, I guess. Well, yeah, I guess they were using a more obviously a more uh, primitive form of bullets. Right. So, but yeah, I think the violence is where he kept it as a Tarantino movie. Yeah. Um, it. The it it saved down on the dialogue a lot because you know how talky his movies can get. Uh, yeah, and I thought he kind of did a decent job of breaking that up with a couple of different spots where he used the the violence in, to kind of break up his uh, his talkiness. Mm-hmm. Because it, it almost seemed like every time that there was a violent scene, it was like. Okay, next chapter, like, you know, and that's just kind of the way it kept on working, where, you know, there'd just be kind of a build-up, and then something would go down, and then there'd be a build-up again, and something else would go down. Yeah. <clears throat> the the payoff to some of the scenes out of that were very good, too. 
um, the the way he established his characters, I was trying to figure out why that entire scene in the first city where he, uh, the sheriff and then the marshal, all that stuff. Oh yeah. To figure out why the hell this is going on, why they couldn't have just, why he couldn't have just had this scene, um, like him him and Django talk as they're walking, or, or I'm sorry, as they're riding, because they made it, they made it clear he wasn't walking, which I don't know. It was a very subtle, a strong, subtle point, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, and then as it comes out, and then it, sh- it they had to show that because if you show him go to Big Daddy's, kill those three guys, and then tell Big Daddy, here's my thing, you know, blah, 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 you would have been like, this is horseshit. Where did this come from? Yeah, but, 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 they, he did a good job of... <laughs> just explaining that character like they kind of, he kind of said something when he first uh gets uh Django but that really kind of uh nailed everything in there cuz you think he's just yeah cuz he said that there was more to him but he didn't really explain everything mm-hmm. uh Christoph uh, cuz what what was his name what was Christoph Waltz's character name uh Dr. King Schultz oh yeah I think you know him being called Doctor King. I mean, not not so subtle. Oh. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm an idiot for not being so subtle. Oh well, that's all right. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a German a German Jew with a I don't know. I guess Schultz isn't a German a Jewish name, is it? No. That's not. Never mind. <laughs> but yeah, um, Christoph Waltz. His character, I thought, was pretty solid the entire way through. Really, everyone's characterization was really good. But yeah, that that scene proved pivotal because without it, I don't think the movie, uh, the movie or the idea of what they were doing would have worked at all. Um, <laughs> I guess when I, I started bringing it up and I stopped, but I might as well just go with it. Christoph Waltz was very good. Um. <laughs> You know, he's just a good actor. Yeah. Um, Caprio, you know, that this movie becomes a Leonardo DiCaprio show at the end. <laughs> and that, that's not a complaint. I mean, it's, and I, don't, I don't agree with these awards things. It's kind of stupid. But the easiest thing to say is if this dude doesn't get nominated for this role. I mean, yeah. the way... He's he's charming, smug, you know, obviously a bitter, horrible person. And he plays I mean he plays it to the T. There was there's no uh uh holding back. No, because like just he, there are some parts with him that uh, and th- this was the other thing like this might have been Tarantino's funniest movie. Yes. Like, I, I just kept on laughing. It just, like, there was just so much stuff that was completely inappropriate. But you just kept on laughing at it, and his character was definitely there. Like, he just, the even the way he was talking down to his slaves, or even the slave, um, uh, Stephen, that uh, Samuel L. Jackson played, like, he still talks down to him, but in <laughs> in a very nice southern way. <laughs> Yeah. So like there was just this dichotomy of, of like his communication was, you know, very high uh high uh highbrow. 
but what he was saying was so lowbrow. You're like, what the fuck? Like, and that's it. It made him get away with so much. And I think a good example of that, and this is my own stupidity, when he brings out the skull of the old former house guy or whatever. Uh, yeah. I'm, um, and he starts going on and on about the uh, the three dots at the base of the skull. Yeah. He's talking about it, talking about it. And I found myself going, I wonder if that's true. <laughs> but I thought that I thought that was a, a testament to the portrayal. I mean, or not portrayal, but to um, what he did with that character. He made you believe in idiotic things. <laughs> he made you. He made you believe where when uh, the one the one runaway was in the tree. Yeah, it got him down. You believed he was going to let the dude off the hook, <laughs> even after not. Uh, Christoph Waltz offered to buy him uh, or pay his debt, whatever. Yeah. I honestly figured, oh, he's going to tell him, you got to win me three more fights or whatever, and or or now you have to win five more fights, something like that instead. Right. So when he, he turned the dogs on him, I was like, are you, are you shitting me? <laughs> so, yeah. So, so, no, it it was – it. he played it so perfectly, and the charm – and just, yeah, but going to what you were saying about him talking down to people – um, after the first uh, Mandingo fight, it, it was like the gladiator days. He goes, you you give himself a, a cold beer and bring up one of those, one of the whores to um, polish his knob or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, no, you worked hard for this, so you enjoy yourself. And I was like, oh, you're, what a slimy dick, man. I mean, <laughs> y- you want to, you... You want to think he's doing something kind for this person, but the only reason he's doing it is because he owns them, and he's essentially giving them uh, – I don't want to say a basic necessity because it's beer, but um, allowing him a privilege that you should just have anyways. You know? Yeah. I'm so nice, I'm going to allow you to breathe. <laughs> but yeah, that movie really turns into the Leonardo DiCaprio show. Um. Yeah. Well, in in a way, that kind of it stuck with the development theme because they always did a good job, or he always did a good job of establishing the characters. So, and really, there was only the three main characters, and he came along what about a little more than halfway through the movie. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it kind of, since it was packed into the last hour or so of the movie, you know, you kind of got a lot of them. And, I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why it ended up being his show at the end of it. But it's not a complaint, because sometimes bad guys are just more captivating. And you spent so much time with Django and uh, Dr. Schultz, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. it's kind of like, all right, it's time to turn the reins over to someone else for a little bit, which is good. Um, yeah, because, I mean, you knew the mission that they were on and why they were doing it and all that other good stuff. So yeah. that stuff got covered. So, yeah, I mean, you didn't need to fill their characters in anymore. No. Um, I, yeah, because I think by this point you knew um, <laughs> you, you knew who they were. You knew what was happening. And – I don't know. I I I enjoy because you know me. I see just about everything. I'm 
pretty unhappy with most of the stuff I watch now because it just seems um, just predictable. You know, it, well, there's yeah. like, there's not a lot of ideas out there. It, it always feels like the big movies that they don't go all the way. And in this, like <laughs> watching watching this, it was so nice to just get lost in a movie. And as and as absurd as it may be, you know, this black dude going around as a bounty hunter and whatever else, that you got lost in the movie so that when Christoph Waltz dies, that kind of took me by surprise. <laughs> Even though I know the movie's called Django Unchained, there was still, I mean, in the way he was dismissed, and really, this goes to Leonardo DiCaprio, too. They both die in that scene, and that's it. You've got that real small addressing by Django when he sees his body in the, uh, uh, was it, I guess, one of the out, not outhouses, but the outer outer homes yeah. where they were tortured. But you never see any sort of response to Leonardo DiCaprio dying. It was like, all right, that's done, that's done, move on, move on, move on, move on. And, and most of the time, you're going to have these really touching, like, long, drawn-out, like, flashbacks and where the two of them are riding along and they share a laugh or, you know, he's admonishing him for this or something. And it, there was none of that. It was, you're dead, now this guy's in trouble because he's on his own. It, I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of a movie real quick that was like that, where you have to have the big emotional send-off, and it just stunts the momentum. Um, Armageddon, we'll just go with this one, because <laughs> that movie stunts but the whole thing where Bruce Willis stays behind at the end. Oh, yeah. And you've got this whole, like, oh, Daddy, I love you, and this and this, and it's like, oh, I love you too, kiddo, and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, oh, my God, this is like 20 minutes of unnecessary shit, you know? Just show him dealing with it as the story progresses. And really, Django didn't even really get a chance to address it until that one scene. And it was played out the way it should have been. I mean, it's not like these guys were best friends or like close friends or any of that stuff. They were both using each other. Oh, yeah. So if there would have been one of those big emotional, like, oh, my God, you're dead, and I'm going to miss you and all this stuff, it would have just shit the bed. But I, I like the acknowledgement of him just, like, kissing his hand, putting it on his head, and taking off. But not before searching through his pockets to get what he needed. <laughs> yeah, well, he he did kind of need that, so. Now, see, and the only reason I went on that kind of long was just to get to this point. I didn't like Jamie Foxx in this movie. It It's not that I, it's not that I disliked him, but... It just felt like it was Jamie Foxx again. There were two scenes. One was that scene with, uh, you know, where he sees Christoph Waltz's body. And then the other scene that I really, I actually really liked him was when Christoph Waltz starts telling the tale of Broomhilda. Mm-hmm. Because Jamie sits down and he's got a childlike, like his eyes are wide. His posture is totally different. Like, oh, this guy's telling me a story. He went childlike, and it was like, wow, look at that. Where did this come from? But the rest of it's just him acting like Jamie Foxx in, all, in every other movie. Oh, see, I've seen him in Ray, and I think that's it. Oh, well. Like, I, I mean, I honestly haven't seen There's probably another movie I've seen him in, but I just haven't seen him in that much stuff. 
Although I can see it, like that character really of uh, out of the three main ones was probably the weakest one. Even though he was the uh, protagonist, right? Yeah, and and I know he had. I know it was supposed to be like a black a western black exploitation movie of sorts. Yeah. So he wasn't going to show a lot of weakness because they never do. But a little bit would have been better. Like here's a guy who just got freed, you know. Right. And it was like you know it wasn't like what does that word mean? It's always like what's that word mean? Like okay, well. It did seem like there was a lot of. Uh, seemed like there could have been something a little more, flesh him out a little bit more, other than just this hard ass slave. Now, as dumb as that sentence just sounds coming out loud. Yeah, and I mean, he had the whole story with trying to get his uh, wife back. And, uh, yeah, you would think that there would be at least some type of history thrown in there. I mean, aside from helping uh, him catch the first uh, first set of murderers there, mm-hmm. um, you know, you didn't really know much about his history. It's just like, oh, because they showed a couple of blips here and there, but it really wasn't too much. Yeah, well, I mean, but I guess if as a slave, what's what's there to tell? I guess you could make that you make that point. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know why. I guess I wanted needed to see some like uh, him and his wife on the uh, plantation or some some such nonsense. Like uh, it's completely unnecessary, really. Point. I think that point's fair, and they filled it in a little bit with those flashbacks. But I think showing them, um, ah, God. I did. As dumb as this is going to sound, in happier times, <laughs> um, like having and obviously being slaves, they're going to be worked. All right, that's that's just a given. But to where they had those moments alone, to where you could see how in love they were, instead of just showing them in the anguish that's going on. Like there had to be, I mean, they're in love, so there had to be some moments where there was like that look between the two. There's that that like touching of hands, that sort of thing, making eye contact. Right. I think I think that's what you mean. And that's exactly I think that could have been used I think at least one scene would have been alright with that. Not drawn out, nothing like that. Right. But, you know. Yeah, because I mean he really didn't draw out too much and I mean I would, what, there was like four chapters it seemed like in that movie. Yeah. I think yeah. that's what it was if I look back on it there. So, yeah, there's get together. They go to Big Daddy's. They go to Candyland, and then he comes back to Candyland. So yeah, yeah. Well, I guess you could do five. Maybe Greenville would be another one, a totally separate one. No, gotcha. A mini chapter, but uh, but yeah. I mean, I say I know they say they loved each other and they showed all the bad, but they never showed any of the good. Right. Yeah, I he Jamie Foxx I had a little bit of a problem with. Um the one it was funny and I laughed at him. So I this is going to sound bad but Samuel Jackson I didn't get that character at all. I I know he was a slime ball. He was just an evil little house houseboy. But they made him look like he's in his 70s. He walked with a limp. You know, he was decrepit. But then when he talked, 
He sounds like Samuel Jackson. <laughs> I expected him to have like a groan or some sort of pained voice, if you want to put it that way. Oh, okay. Not just a hey, I'm Samuel Jackson in every single role I ever do. You know, snakes on a plane, Samuel Jackson. Even though I look a little bit older, but yeah, everything's still the same. It's kind of what I was complaining about with Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Excuse me. That your Goblin King should sound like a goblin would sound, not as what. Uh, not like some Englishman. <laughs> and I think that's what was wrong. And then. I, I guess I don't I don't remember people or at least I wasn't around so of course I'm not going to remember but the language surprised me as well because everybody else said fuck or whatever else but he he was talking like a straight up like current person like modern day person talking yeah no they kind of flip flopped with that sometimes because there were a lot of just like lines and whatnot that you could tell that they were pulling from current uh, uh, current times. Because I'm trying to think of... Oh, I'm trying to think of a good example. But, yeah, his character was the most blatant about it, that's for sure. And, yeah, he didn't have any type of southern drawl at all. Nope. That was... Yeah, that was another thing. Like... And... Uh, like, God damn it. I wish I could think of it, but there were a number of, not homage, but it's just like, oh, yeah, you know, I get that meaning, but back then it wouldn't have made any sense. Mm -mm. Or, you know, it just would have been a completely different statement, I guess. And I'm trying to think, uh, like I said, I'm trying to think of one, but I felt like there were more than a handful of those uh, in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it... I was trying to think, and then they they didn't, and this is kind of the Leonardo DiCaprio thing, too. With that character, they didn't flesh out, like, you know, he was getting he was uh, getting sassy with Leonardo DiCaprio, and I laughed because it just sounds silly to say sassy to somebody, but <laughs> he was giving him lit back, and Leonardo DiCaprio was just taking it. And then, you know, finally he got worked up. I was like, you, you know, just do what I tell you to do, this and this and this. And, um, you know, and he, he's always – like he immediately like, – and this is um, – kind of encompasses what you're saying about the inappropriate things that you're laughing at. Yeah. Like uh, he, got, he got all upset because Jamie Foxx was going to stay in the house. And uh, he goes, go prepare the whatever uh, – Go prepare the whatever room for him. Yeah. He's like, you let you stay in the house? <laughs> he said, what, are you, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to wash these? And he goes, well, you know, well, when we're done. He's like, when I'm done, I have to burn the motherfuckers. <laughs> and it, it sort of stuff where I was like, God damn, I shouldn't be laughing at this stuff. <laughs> that's some horrible, I mean, right in front of the person. Yeah, I, I think that's what made it even funnier. Was that, yeah, like, almost every insult occurred in front of the person they were insulting. It wasn't even like, oh, they're saying something bad behind their back after they leave a room or something. It was just straight up just nailing them. Oh, I know. <laughs> and it, it's, it's, it was making a horrible situation. I mean, that's awful. I mean, just imagine. Like, I'm bald. I'm overweight. And someone just blatantly in front of you is like, well, that bald, fat motherfucker over there, you know, 
comes in the room, we're going to have to reinforce the room to let that his fat ass walk through. You'd be going, what the fuck was that? Or, wait a minute, what? But in this movie, you, you were laughing at it. You know, it... I don't, I don't know if that's good or not, but it was sure funny. It didn't matter. Well, just like the Big Daddy stuff, where uh, he was trying to explain to the slave girl how to treat Django. Yeah. And she, she goes, all right, so you want – so uh, he was like – So you want me you'll to see. treat him like a white man? No, 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 that's not what I said. <laughs> yeah, you remember Jim down the street? Yeah, we'll treat him like Jimmy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that, that was that sort of stuff. And I, I know that was uh, – I heard that line on O&A. Jim Norton talked about it, said it. And I had forgotten about it, luckily, because that was a funny-ass line in there. But – yeah, it, but it was that awfulness. The awfulness got lost in the humor. But then when it was Samuel Jackson, it was just like, huh. And he was a miserable character. That guy sucked. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I mean, I liked the character. Like, I, under, I, I know what you mean by him just being Samuel Jackson. But I, I guess I feel like a lot more people do that than get called on it in a way. You know, because, like, even DiCaprio, like, as much of an ass clown as he was, I mean, I guess I always still just sit there and go, well, yep, it's Leonardo DiCaprio. Like, See, I, 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 as much as I, I, I never get lost so much in someone's character. Like, no matter how many awards they've gotten for it, like, there's never a point where I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot that that was, you know, whatever, you know, insert name here. Yeah. Well, see, in in that case with him, in this movie at least with him, yeah, I kind of I kind of just accepted that it was a character and and did um just kind of go, "Oh, all right. Well, that's Leonardo DiCaprio." Or no, I'm sorry, that 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 is uh the hell's his name? Calvin Candy. Like with DiCaprio, I know exactly what you mean though. Like he was supposed to be Howard Hughes in The Aviator. Uh-huh. This is just Leonardo DiCaprio. Like this is the guy from uh, what the hell was it? Titanic. Oh yeah. Parted and eh, not so much, but like Gangs of New York, it was always like, oh, he's just Leonardo DiCaprio and just uglyfied a little bit. <laughs> and this one, it, it was a total change. And I think I don't know what it is about Quentin Tarantino that gets these performances out of people. Oh, <laughs> he can't for shit. Yeah. When, uh, Why was he? Was he in- I, I just think well, part of it is the fact that the guy doesn't seem to like try to rush a movie, which is nice. Yeah, it's like okay, when I get to the movie, I'll get to the movie. It's just like oh, okay, that's cool. I, I mean, I'd rather t- someone take their grand old fucking time than just rush it out there to be out there every four or five years or something. Well, I think it also helps in his case that he has carte blanche to do whatever he wants. Yeah, uh, not enough people get that, I guess, and that that seems to happen a lot of different places in entertainment. I mean, I know Kill Bill had its problems because he went way over budget and took way too long and turned it into two movies. But you know, he he writes he writes everything himself. He doesn't. You don't see like a whole but you don't see seventeen writers on one movie. Um, so you know, it's his vision. He does what he wants, and that's good. But. Why is he in his own movies? <laughs> that 
the weirdest cameo. First, was he wearing a fat suit? Uh, I don't know, he, because he has really... Uh, uh, what, he keeps on wearing baggier and baggier clothes as he gets older. It's but, like he but, beca- he's becoming more and more of a 90s rapper every day that we watch him. But no, you'd think with the copious amount of cocaine he, he allegedly does, he wouldn't be fat at all. I'm beginning to think that those rumors are either untrue or he was wearing some sort of fat suit. It's, he, it's possible. Yeah, he reminded me of Andre the Giant in Princess Bride. The way he was like, like lethargically moving around and all this stuff. <laughs> and then he gave himself an Australian accent. Uh, yeah, that was uh, – he, he's not good at accents. He's not good at acting. Well, yeah, there's that too. Which I don't understand how you can get – how you can articulate and get across to someone what you want out of them so – I mean just so effectively and then turn around and put in that. I mean, I mean I'm making it out to be much worse than it was, but it was such a startling item in the movie. And then, you know, at least he dies in a pretty cool way, so that was fun. <laughs> yeah. One of his movies, other than, well, it just, he was in From Dusk Till Dawn. He didn't direct that movie. Uh, yeah, and, and that was his best role, probably. Yes, yeah. Um, but no, I, I keep hearing people say, you know, From Dusk Till Dawn was a pretty good movie. He didn't direct it. He was just in it. He may, he may have directed scene or two, but... That it's whatever. It's just one of my things. But <laughs> yeah, no, I couldn't believe that uh, my girl didn't. She's like, I couldn't find Tarantino. I'm like, oh geez. And I don't know. Maybe that leads to the the fat suit being being true. Maybe he was so fat that she didn't think it was him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you know, maybe it's just me. Maybe he's a chameleon, and I didn't realize it. But but yeah, I I I read a review on uh, Film Drunk. And they mentioned he was he was played an Australian. I was like, an Australian in Mississippi. Uh, all right, we'll have to see how this goes. <laughs> but yeah, um, I mean, I know you know we focus a little bit on the negative stuff, um, but the overwhelming positive of this movie far outweighs anything negative in this. And really, Samuel Jackson was, you know, my my criticism was that. It sounded like Samuel Jackson. <laughs> and, yeah. It wasn't good or effective, I should say. And, you know, to say that Jamie Foxx wasn't that wasn't very good in this, well, with the people who he surrounded with, he was going to come in a distant fourth anyways. <laughs> he wasn't, I, mean, I know the movie was centered around him, but he doesn't have the acting chops to pull any of this off. So there's no harm there. Um it's it's like complaining because someone got a B plus instead of an A minus, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. no, I really, uh, I really love the movie. So. Yeah, because I I think you know we, as we said, the talking the only real Tarantino esque talking segment was the whole three dots on the head and uh, on the skull, excuse me, and that whole scene because it was just a build and a build and a build and a build of like kind of like useless stuff. Yeah. Uh, like in Kill Bill, the end of Kill Bill 2, 
where David Carradine's just going on and on about uh, Superman. Yeah. Like, uh, hey, there's uh, just some random stuff that doesn't really need to be there. Uh, but yeah, overall, though, I mean, the credits I thought were sweet. Here's everybody in the movie. Done. Three minutes. I was like, that's amazing. I, I lo- loved that. I, and I did get a laugh, too. Like, we were taking our uh, time getting out of there. And <laughs> what was it? Oh, we stuck around long enough. And there's just, oh, the the free black slaves that, um, <laughs> that Jamie Foxx lets go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just like. They're just still sitting there in the cart, like still just chained up. They're like, what's that nigga's name? (laughs) It's just like, what the hell? Like, it was just kind of one of those funny, funny little segments (laughs) to just kind of finish off the movie with. And it was it was funny and sad at the same time, because even like the guys uh, in the beginning of the movie. And I know we're trying to wrap up here, but it just reminded me of this. Uh huh. Guys in the beginning of the movie, he has to tell the guys, you guys can run, you can go to the next town and get him help, and then, you know, which is about seven miles, whatever he said that way. Yeah. Just take this gun, take care of him, walk off. And it was just, and then, like, even that scene, like, you know, Django goes and goes, give me the dynamite, and those guys are just sitting there. And then they show after the credits, they're still sitting there, and it's like, leave. Get out. But they're so these are such broken down and beaten people that it, you know? <laughs> yeah, that, that that they let it go. <laughs> I mean, that, that was startling. Just like get the fuck out of there. You're yeah. free, right? And I mean, I think that's why I liked um, uh, Samuel Jackson's character still because you can just kind of see someone. It's it, it was like someone with Stockholm syndrome, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like no, no matter how insulting he was to him all the time, it was, yeah, it was just like he was he was there. Yeah. Oh yeah, but that was that was one that was one of the things the relationship with him and Samuel Jackson, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. He he's he goes on. He goes meet me in the meet me in the library. Sits down. He's sitting in there. He's drinking. He's sitting down on the white people's furniture. Um, he's talking back to him. He's telling him what to do. I mean, he basically called him out and said you were stupid for not seeing this. And then when he doesn't thank, he was like, you're welcome, Stevie. And I, I, I guess that's where I would have liked a little more explanation. Like, why is he allowed to get away with this? No, yeah. It was one of the other house people. They would have got, or except for the one, uh, the black chick, the good looking one that seemed to be like his concubine or whatever. Oh, yeah. And her. But every, everybody else, you know, just kind of got would have gotten really harsh treatment out of it. So, I don't know. I, I, I would have liked that to be explained a little bit. Because, you know, I I didn't live back then, so I had no idea how, how what the rules were. So, <laughs> my shit, my ancestors weren't even here. So, <sighs> but, yeah, my, my, my great-grandparents, my great-great-grandparents, didn't come over until, like, 19-oh-something. Yeah, well... My grandmother okay. came over uh, before World War Two, so <laughs> I think they were right before World War One. I. I think they got out of Poland right before World War One. So, but um, so yeah, so there's that. But yeah, to me, um, this is the best movie I've seen all year, and I'm not gonna say I've seen 
a, a, a ridiculous amount like I usually do because I haven't. But the amount of movies I have seen, this is clearly far and away the best one. And I, I can't imagine that there's anything better right now. Uh, um, yeah, no, this is certainly uh, my favorite. Like, as much as I uh, defended The Hobbit for what ended up happening, I don't think that... And that's the funny thing is this movie was only five minutes shorter mm-hmm. and it didn't seem like it was uh, that short. It kind of, it, it just moved along. Well, actually I didn't think that one was long either, but I just think that he, he did a better job of pacing everything Yeah, well, than they did in that. And the dialogue what? was just better, but that, I guess that was bound to happen. It's a Tarantino movie. <laughs> Yeah, that's, I'm glad you brought that up because I had thought about it earlier. Yeah, the, the movie ended, and it did not feel like it was two hours and 45 minutes long, nor did it seem like I'd been sitting in that, out of that theater for three hours and whatever minutes because the assholes had 25 minutes of previews. <laughs> I, I, was, I was actually getting angry by the last one. I, it was I, – I couldn't believe it. Yeah, well, I mean I got a good chunk of previews this time around, but it wasn't nearly as bad as it was for The Hobbit. No, the, these were worse, actually. Oh, really? Not not worse previews. The movies, actually, they played looked a little bit better, actually. But uh, they were longer. There was just more. Oh, oh okay, I got you. This is absolutely insane. So, <laughs> all right. Well, yeah, so, yeah, two big thumbs up from us. Or I guess we'll have to come up with our own rating system. I guess. Once they I guess come up give... with a beer rating system, aside from four Kevins. Four, four Kevs. Four Kevs. <laughs> I give this a solid four and a half Kevs. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so uh, I guess it's time to wrap up. We're not doing the plugs because you can figure it out by now. So, uh, or should we? I don't know. Uh, whatever. I need to get to doing some stuff. So. Well, I got So, hey, thanks for listening. We'll be back with another movie review sometime in January. Once we both figure out something, we'll both go see. Um. So yeah. So thanks for listening. Guess you later and happy New Year if you celebrate it. I don't know who doesn't, but it's kind of the calendar, so you have to. <laughs> so, all right. See you in 2013. Yep. Uh, see you after Chinese New Year. Bye.